This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 444, Glitch in the Matrix. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to gamesatwork.biz, your weekly technology podcast. My name is Andy Piper, and I am here this week with my good friend, Mr. Michael Rowe. Michael, how are you? I, I am just having loads of fun today with with our uh, technology situation, and I just realized <laughs> something. I just realized something. This is the episode that matches my Boy Scout troop number. Okay. Which was cool. N- we we got our number because it was uh, the number of days that the U.S. hostages were in Iran, four hundred and forty-four. Oh, gosh. Okay, <laughs> that's a that's a serious serious matter. Uh, yeah, but not not but interesting. No. Um, <laughs> talking of Boy Scouts, perhaps, um, or maybe people who are let's say around fourteen years old and uh, able to. Um, do cool things with electronics because they've got very nimble fingers. Yes. Uh, you you and your wife very kindly uh, sent me a Christmas gift of a, a, an electronics advent calendar that I've been having a lot of fun with in the last few days. Excellent. But I do. I do. I must say that. Um, yeah. As I mentioned, uh, it's it's. <laughs> I'm <laughs> struggling with my struggling with my dexterity being able to plug little wires into into a breadboard. It's kind of. Uh, <laughs> if, Feels like it's designed for somebody who's. Uh, we've kind of split the show up into a bunch of sections here, so we've we've labelled them in our in our run of show: bad tech, new tech, and fun tech, which are all things that I think we're interested in. We typically talk about most weeks anyway. Right. But the first one I wanted to mention is a story that's come out uh, out of the uh, out of Europe, out of Poland specifically, in the last seven days, and it's kind of the what you might call the John Deere situation. So John Deere, the the uh, the farm equipment manufacturer, famously have uh, been quite hostile to uh, farmers being able to repair their own vehicles. Um, and this is not uh, John Deere. This is another company, a, a train supplier in Poland, who evidently had configured their hardware and systems such that if they were not serviced by the the supplier, by the manufacturer, then um, they would they would go uh, give you error codes. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you think? Well, what, I mean, this this seems un- unfriendly and unhelpful. It's it's the serviceification, if that's a word. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of everything, right? Where where you don't mm. own the train, you're you're buying transportation as a service or or freight right. hauling as a service. So therefore, if you're not continually paying me for said service, it just shouldn't work. This seems particularly hostile. The the way that they figured this out was that they literally took the uh, the the PLC the, the 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 controller out of the train and took it apart and prodded it with probes and reverse engineered the the code and figured out that uh, not only was it looking for manufacturer-approved service codes, but 
not only that, if it detected through GPS yes. that, it, if, that it was at the location of a competitor, uh, then it would also report error codes, which is, you know, I mean, that is... Just evil. E- the evil is, is a word for it, yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not it's good. It's evil. It's, it's, it's completely inappropriate. I, I thought the story out of all of this was was really interesting. I um, there's there's been translations of the original Polish uh, story from the Polish press, and then this has been widely reported. And of course, Cory Doctorow, uh, who's uh, been a big supporter of right to repair, has commented on it as well. Um, let's move along from that link, though, to <laughs> another thing in the same space of transportation and vehicles. Yes. But it follows on from some of the around automakers, cars. Is your car spying on you? Is your car spying on you? Is my car spying on me? Yes, it is. <laughs> That's worrying. Uh, yeah. Well, well, we talked about this, right? Uh, a, a couple of times now. And uh, uh, there was the, the research that the Mozilla Foundation did um, on, mm-hmm. on privacy policies. And so um, I, I guess it's had enough visibility now, at least in the, in the U.S., that... Um, maybe we will get some level of transparency or or some level of um, consumer rights reestablished. Um, so uh, having, having a U.S. senator actually send a request for information to the various car manufacturers asking for specific details on a whole set of range of questions as it relates to data privacy policies, breaches, etc., I think will increase visibility to the issue and and right. the the question becomes and then what right mm. right uh, we, we we tend to easily get to the point where where uh, industries will say oh well yeah we we overreached we will self-regulate and improve that's the uh, opportunity being offered to them right yeah yes yes and that is I think inappropriate in this space um, you think it should be enforced I think it should be enforceable, right? It, there should be regulation in place for this. And the reason I suggest this at the, at least in the U.S., at the national level is mm. when, we, when we don't do this, we get examples that we have right now. So, for example, there are um, websites that list their privacy policy. Yeah. And they literally have disclaimers that say, if you are in this state, you can look at this privacy policy. Otherwise, here's our general one. Uh, well, and, and so you get into a fifty-state separate solution possibility. Well, well, let's very, very quickly um, also mention uh, something else, which I literally only came across myself today. But um, it's a link, uh, a link that I'm just uh, going to share in our, in our show notes about the the EU is now also uh, launching a database for those digital service terms and conditions. Um, now it's going to focus on social media and app stores and marketplaces, but arguably what you've just described suggests that it should be um, extended beyond that. Yeah. Well, and 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 what's interesting is uh, if you can get a situation where you can have different regulation by country or in the U.S. by state or by region. Mm. 
um, then only the incumbents can deal with this. This goes back to uh, uh, some of the things that Corey was talking about in a previous set of articles uh, where you have a regulatory lock-in that only very large companies can actually deal with the regulatory differences, mm. and the small mm. players are then blocked from the market. Right. So, so having a common set of practices across a region or a country or uh, uh, a continent uh, is actually better for co- for competition and thereby better for the consumer. Right, right. One more thing in this sort of first section, and I think it's more bad with a question mark, uh, bad tech. <laughs> um, it's a story here from Axios, um, which is talking about uh, the first humanoid robot factory about to open and these new robots from a company called Agility Robotics um, being produced in a factory in Oregon, um, but being tested by Amazon already. The thing that I found interesting, most interesting actually about this story was the actual uh, images of the uh, the robots um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Amazon facility being tested. Uh, they kind of got sort of uh, reverse knee uh, leg joints. Um, so more like you might expect kind of a, the, the back back of a, a four-legged animal. Um, and um, but then but then stand upright on those legs. So I think uh, you know very obviously, whilst humanoid bipedal, uh, not not humanoid in, in in nature otherwise. Well, isn't that kind of the look of a what is it a, a not a centaur? Uh, what, what's the, um, oh yeah. Um, uh, in the line, the witch in the wardrobe, um, the, 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 the one character, uh, that meets them originally. Yes. Uh, is it, it's not a centaur, but it's a two-legged centaur. Yes. Half man, half goat. Fawn. Fawn. That's it. That's yes. it. Mr. Tumnus is the name of the one in, uh, Tumnus. in the, yes. uh, Narnia books. Lime- uh, yes. yes. Kind of like that. So, yeah. so it, well, th- I think that's what it remind. It also, the, that's the, what it reminded me of. It's you know the the robot is about the same size as me. It's five foot nine, hundred and forty pounds. Okay, uh, maybe <laughs> maybe about the same as me, <laughs> and can apparently walk over and plug itself in when it needs to recharge. So, yeah, uh, Skynet <laughs> is uh, yeah as we know uh, just called just called a different name at the moment. Yeah, the the other interesting thing about the Axios article that I found was, you know, there's the concern that, you know, robots will take our jobs. And and the counter to that is, well, you know, out of the 750,000 possible mobile robots, it's created 700 new job categories. Right. Right. <laughs> categories? That doesn't mean... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, total side note, one of my friends um, uh, earlier this week was posting on socials about the fact that um, we we in the UK we referred some people referred to the platinum jubilee as the as platy jubes uh, to sort of <clears throat> shorten things, uh, and he yeah. thought that he, he said he was frustrated about every, you know people continuing to say chat GPT, so uh, he's proposing that we call it chatty jeeps. Uh, I saw that. Sure. I saw that online. For sure, that was hilarious. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're we're kind of into the new tech kind of segment. Yeah. Um, and there's a few things that have hit our radar this week that I think are really interesting. And the first of those is the retirement of the rock band Kiss and yes. retiring in favor of their immortal digital avatars, evidently. I thought these were really cool. 
<laughs> I, I didn't. I actually have to say I haven't watched them. So I did read the article, but I didn't watch uh, the the reveal and see what they look like. But the the well, it's twofold, right? One um, at the concert the where they experience. revealed them at their yeah, uh, their the way they, it, they they actually did these sheer drop down curtains and did video on them. Yeah, uh, which gives you kind of as they were calling it the uh, the Blade Runner type view right right uh-huh. you these big floating avatars in space right uh, and then the the other thing is they they took the characters the avatars and actually extended the the mythos behind kiss to make them do what you imagined they could do right huh. so as as a little kid you had uh, there was a kiss cartoon I remember on on Saturday morning television uh, not not so popular in the UK well not even yeah not even a thing I don't think <laughs> but yeah okay uh, but but you know Gene Simmons flies on wings. Oh, yeah. and other ones have lasers shooting out of their eyes and things of that nature. And and they can do that now with the avatars. I wasn't a huge fan of their music though. I I I, I do you think this is going to be a thing now that that you know a bunch of different bands are going to do this to sort of maintain their their future, keep sustain sustain their their legend. Uh, I think if if the band has some unique persona or 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 brand, it might make sense, right? Uh, so the original ABBA ones, right? They they were like the queens of disco, right? So that one made sense. Uh, Kiss, kind of the the image of the the glam rockers, right? So yeah. But do you think? I mean, do you think this is going to become a a, a regular thing that, that different bands and performers are going to start to try and do this? I think they're going to try, but the ones that'll be successful are the ones that have some unique. They've got brand. that image, right? 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 Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you're just literally listening to a concert that was probably pre-recorded. <laughs> so, talking of of keeping old things alive or bringing old things back to life, um, there's an amazing story from the Next Web, um, which I really found interesting about uh, bringing ancient ruins to life through augmented reality. So, three different startups that are all trying to do work in this space. Um, some of them using submerged cities, uh, and others. Uh, trying to promote castles that would otherwise have fallen in, into disrepair, um, and yeah, using different AR VR technologies to help people to explore those kind of historical spaces. And I know that I remember that one of the when when Meta were doing their really big Meta Metaverse VR push a few years ago, they were putting up big posters around the London Underground saying, you know, well, in the metaverse, you'll be able to experience all of these ancient cultures for real, you know. Um, as a historian, I think it's great to, to be able to do this. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's also interesting given the fact that some of these environments are very literally out of contact, you know, under underwater. You can't. You, it, it's quite complicated to go and check out those environments um, in, 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 in real life and unless you are an accredited diver. Yeah, the underwater one I thought was a really cool example of, of what you could do with a digital twin, right? If right. you could have sensors in real time 
allowing people to experience uh, the space as if they were underwater, right? Um, I, I, the, the, the use of uh, laser modeling or laser scanning to build 3D models uh, and, and provide historical context is, is a good thing. The ability to provide physical access to something that you can't get to normally. I, I love the underwater one. The, the rest kind of were um, natural extensions of what we've seen before, right? But the underwater well, one was really, really cool, especially as it's it's slowly getting eroded, right? Yeah. I The, the, the thing that I loved about the article as well um, was the very, very last paragraph, which is a quote from... Um, one of the folks involved with um, a preservation uh, project in, in Sicily in Italy. Uh, and he talks about the fact that when you're approaching a, a heritage project like this, the most mm-hmm. important thing is not to get carried away by the technology, by the desire to do something digital and experiment, um, because you may then neglect the most important thing, which is to be at the service of culture. And yeah. I think that is really key. That really is meaningful uh, to me. I think I'm glad to hear that some of these folks working on these projects are being respectful and thinking about the the cultural environment they're in. Yeah, that in was, 2008, was- in 2008, we were working with the state of North Carolina and the Golden Leaf Foundation uh, to actually build a three dimensional virtual environment of the wreck of what they believe was the Queen Anne, mm-hmm. uh, Blackbeard's uh, submerged vessel off the coast of North Carolina. So into our fun tech section um, is a viral, I got the story on from Macworld here, but it's shown up in loads of places. Um, and this is the photo of a, of a bride in, trying on her, her wedding dress and then being reflected in, in a mirror uh, in fact, in multiple mirrors, but each of the images, each of the reflections coming back are different. So you end up with the picture of the woman in one pose and then three different reflections. It's uh, it's an interesting optical illusion, um, or yes. but it's caused by the computational... Uh, it's actually not three three mirrors. I've just reopened the uh, video. The, I misremembered the picture. Uh, so it's, it's the two mirrors and two mirrors the, and the bride, themselves. right? And so she's making <laughs> one pose that doesn't match either of the reflections that that she's standing in front of, but it's caused by the uh, caused by the computational photography uh, on the iPhone. So it's trying to pick the best image um, from. And also, it's a. I think it's panoramic, right? So it's a, it's it's a panoramic picture that's done at roughly the resolution of a normal right. picture. Right. And so as they were scanning, she's changing positions. Right. Right. And because Panorama tries to make it look natural, it just assumes three different people. And in fact, this is the uh reference, uh, a reference here in this story to Glitch in the Matrix. Uh because <laughs> when when the when the lady uh, who's actually a comedian uh, and also a, a podcaster, so uh, Tessa Coates who has the yep. Nobody Panic podcast. Talking of fun, yep, we have a few quick hits. Uh, one is um, kind of technical but interesting. I would I would categorize it as it's in our sort of short hit section at the end of the, as we head towards the end of the show. This is from our friend Michael Martin who couldn't join us this week, um, which is a very cool 
website by by bbycroft.net uh, uh, and it's an LLM explorer, if you like. So it's like in a visualization uh, in kind of a exploded 3D manner, uh, taking you through how LLMs work. And it goes from uh, small LLMs, so GPT-2 through to GPT-3. You were mentioning, Michael, that this is very familiar to you now or somewhat familiar to you with the kind of training that you've you've been through. But I, I don't know. I find it, I find it interesting, but complicated and confusing i'm not sure it really helps me unless i was wanting to implement something like this myself i guess well if you're trying to understand how um an llm works and when when you talk about things like um chat gpt having x millions of tokens right uh, that it that it does. This is kind of describing what that really means and explaining kind of how the model is built up. Right. And how things are, uh, I'll put it chunked apart and consumed. So going through this in detail should help you understand why, you know, GPT-2 and GPT-3 behave differently. Right, 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 and and why why certain models hallucinate at certain points, right, um, I, I, et cetera. So I do like the the sort of exploded diagrams, and you can click in on the left hand side through the the chapters uh, and the different sections. You know the the self attention project, projection MLP transformer, and each one of those takes you to a different view of the model. And then you can mouse over different parts of the model and get the sort of formulae that are being run through at different points. It's it's a very cool visualization. I think unless I had a degree in advanced mathematics, I would struggle <laughs> to make sense of a lot of it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a neat visualization. Let's move on to some other slightly more uh, fun gaming-related things. Um, and um, these are both yes. things that I found in the last week or so and shared with both of the Michaels. Um, the first one can be found at sandpond.cool, um, but it actually belongs to a whole collection of related uh, toys, if you like, through, from a GitHub account called Toad Pond. And uh, what do you think of Sandpond? Tell us about it. Uh, so, so, so Sandpond, uh, think of it as having a giant... Uh, eyedropper full of sand and drawing pictures with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it it's hypnotizing. So uh, so you you can you can do the sand, you, but it's also a yeah, you can change different elements, different structures, do steam, snow, lava, life, etc. Yeah. So there's a it's it's uh, actually a game of life, right? So this is like the original game of life kind of the the 2D model where there were rules that determined whether cells would multiply, um, but it's overlaid with kind of a Minecraft-style set of rules about materials as well. So you can, uh, so this is all run in the browser. It's WebGL. Uh, it's very smooth. You can, as Michael said, you can arrange your landscape with sand, water, ice, snow, and so on. Uh, you can start to add walls if you want, and then you can move to, on to life and start to introduce plants or fish, or mice, or rabbits. Um, I've just, on mine, created, added a load of plants, and I've now added a load of rabbits and mice to try and eat all the plants because the plants are very rapidly taking everything over. 
Um, the other way that you can take everything over is by dropping a meteor from the explosive section into different parts of the map, uh, which is kind of fun. But the rabbits are not doing very well with my uh, lake of lava. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, I don't think they would either in real life. Um, <laughs> but it's very cool though. There's a there's a source uh, there's a lang programming language behind all of this. So there's an element at the top where you can switch to see the source code uh, that describes how all of this works and and, wh and what's in there. Um, yeah, it's it's super fun. Um, again, if you go look at the the GitHub uh, repository associated and then go and check out the org, he's also got a bunch of things around. For example. Uh, manipulating, he's got one called Time Pond, which is a time travel physics engine with time traveling frogs. Um, he's got a ton of videos. Um, I think it's really interesting. Just a bit of fun. But for, for the last bit of fun, uh, it's really focused on uh, folks in the Apple ecosystem, I think, because he, there are apps for this. Uh, Infiniteflowers.net. It's another web toy. Uh, oh, I, I I lied. It's not just for the Apple ecosystem. There's also a it's also a live Android uh, Android wallpaper as well. Um, but certainly there's a a Mac screensaver for this. So the idea here is that you have a beautiful watercolor style, somewhere between a Van Gogh and uh, and uh, and watercolor, and it's just this infinitely zooming in and out uh, landscape. I like yeah. it. I, again. A another example of things that are just fascinating to watch for long periods of time. The author's clearly done a bunch of other things because if you click onto the page, uh, there's a little thing down in the bottom left which lets you go and look at uh, other than infinite flowers. They've got zoom quilt and other things that let you zoom in and out of these infinite images or back out of them, change the colors, things like that. It's very fun. Arcadia. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty, my friend. I think uh, we're heading to the end of the show. What should people do if they enjoyed listening to the two of us? I I think they should go and uh, immediately rate us on their favorite podcatcher. That'd be uh, a good thing. That that's that. Not only does that provide us positive feedback that you're listening and that you care about what we talk about, but it also helps others find us. Mm -hmm. uh, and the more people that find us, the more different things we can talk about uh, that you share. Yeah. Um, and you can share over at our website at gamesatwork.biz or on all the various different socials. Uh, primarily, though, we recommend uh, reaching out to us at um, on Mastodon at uh, Games at Work. At uh, Bots in Space. Games at, at Work. Game at, games space. at Work underscore biz at bots in, in dot space. That's a good spot for us. Yes. That's where we share our weekly episodes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and of course, the other way that people can hear about us is, is if you tell them about us. Tell, yes. tell your friends. That, that, what a novel idea. <laughs> uh, so yeah, tell, tell folks that you listened to the show, you enjoyed it, you found, discovered some new things, and then go get lost in a infinitely scrolling landscape of flowers. That sounds like a plan. All right. Well, um, we will be here again in future weeks. And for now, see ya. been listening to gamesatwork.biz the podcast about gaming technology and play we are part of the blueberry podcasting network and would like to thank the band random encounters for their song big blue you can follow us on twitter at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz gamesatwork.biz